Greetings Padawans and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. And don't forget about Juder Fred and everyone's favourite rebel, MJ. Welcome to the Archives Podcast. My name is Sotiko, and we have a very fun topic today. We're going to be deep diving into the sequel trilogy as we are on episode seven. So I felt like it was fitting to start episode seven with the sequel trilogy. Going to be talking about all three films today, just combining them all into one major podcast and and be having a lot of fun with it. So without further ado, let's get right into episode seven of the Archives podcast. Make sure to drop a like, subscribe, and if you could, if you're willing, leave us a five-star review. The first 10 people that leave us a five-star review, screenshot it and send it to us at Star Wars TAP will be entered into a giveaway and ready to rumble i'm very very hyped for that but as far as the show goes today i'm hyped for this one as well and we're ready to rumble we are ready to rumble so this is a solo episode just so you guys are aware um i might get someone to hop in at some point but the reason why I'm going live and bringing this to you guys now is because I'm gone all next week. This time next week, I'll be in Scotland, and I want to make sure that you guys are getting an episode a week, and the easiest way for me to do that is to go live today, record next week's episode on Wednesday, because the weekend, Sunday, which is normally when we record our episodes, I'll be flying to scotland so i'm very excited for that but we'll have to see how that goes um getting that episode prepped and ready to rumble so we're gonna be breaking these down into episode seven episode eight episode nine the force awakens the last jedi and the rise of skywalker and we're gonna have some fun with it we're gonna have some fun with it so let's just hop in let's just hop in and i do want to remind if anyone hops in and wants to ask a question i will answer any and all questions um as soon as there is a fitting time for it so the force awakens a movie that comes with a plethora of opinions a movie that is synonymous with really the reinvention so to say of star wars it's a movie that introduced a lot of things into canon and it's a movie that is hounded with controversy for the plot for what happened and for what it led into but it did have tons and tons of speculation and tons and tons of theory material and plenty of stuff to talk about and even from the trailer 
from the trailer you got to see things that you just haven't seen in canon before you got to see kylo ren with his cross guard lightsaber which was absolutely i remember that was one of the most cool things that i've seen and we got to see that in the trailer we got to see finn as a stormtrooper and i remember the first trailer that i saw for that movie it was finn huffing and puffing in his stormtrooper attire on jakku and it made me super excited for the film it made me super excited for the film and i thoroughly enjoyed the force awakens i came out of that movie theater in 2015 happier than i'll get up you know i was immensely happy it was star wars for the first time in 10 years and the fact that we're probably gonna get another trilogy in about five six years that's pretty cool to me <laughs> that's pretty cool to me um but the force awakens it had a lot of excitement and anticipation before the film uh there were leaks and rumors that harrison ford was going to be in it, luke skywalker was going to be in it uh, princess leia was going to be in it all three were all three were given they all had individual roles that had certain meaning and others didn't harrison ford replayed his role as han solo carrie fisher came back as now it was general leia organa and luke skywalker reprised his role as luke skywalker uh shout out to mark hamill that's my guy but i'm i'm pandering here it was a film that kind of took each of those characters a step back you got to see what made leia leia but as far as han and luke I feel like they kind of got done dirty and Han was somewhat used as just a comedy character, which I feel like was a tough role for him. It was a tough role for him because I know Harrison Ford didn't want to come back in the first place, but when the main character of the entire trilogy is your son, you kind of have to come back, but to aid and abed that they had the main character kill his father which i enjoyed because it was a stark contrast of the episode prior episode six where the main character saved his father and this one the main character kills his father and i am saying main character talking about ben because in my estimations in my opinion the main character of the sequel trilogy is kylo ren i know that everyone's gonna say it's ray but truthfully i think that the main character is ben solo i think ray is a fantastic character one hell of a jedi i always say she's the most powerful jedi in canon but i think she was the engine to ben's redemption and similar to anakin ben was already into his evil phase as we get into 
the force awakens um and similar to episode four where anakin's already vader ben is already kylo as we get into the force awakens so there's a nice bit of nice bit of similarity there from grandfather and grandson and it does take each of them three movies to ultimately redeem and the thing that i love about their similarities is they both pass away at the end to aid and further save the person that they love for ben it's ray for anakin it's luke so I really enjoyed that, and I feel like that's kind of a subtle thing that kind of goes under the radar, because obviously a lot of people say that the sequels were carbon copies, if not knockoffs of the original trilogies, and I do understand that, and I do get that, and I do believe that in a certain epitome, right? But at the end of the day, it is a story that's being told. And with The Force Awakens, it did a plethora of world building, and it created the sense of where the galaxy was, how things were going about, and what was happening at the time. Granted, you had a bunch of characters get introduced, and a handful of them were impactful upon the, the true story of the movie, and what was moving it forward. Those characters were Kylo Ren, Rey, and Finn at the time. Finn was a huge part of The Force Awakens. He was a huge part of The Force Awakens. He was the kind of the first character that we follow. And then he was kind of the engine character as well for Rey because if If Finn doesn't do what Finn does on Jakku, we never run into Rey. Rey and Finn never steal the Millennium Falcon. They never get off Jakku. They probably die. Right? So Finn is ultimately the engine character in Episode 7. Which I understand why people, and including John Boyega have such a problem with his representation and his writing in the further two films because he went from being a pivotal character to being a comedy character and a side character <clears throat> which when you take someone and you put them on this pedestal you tell us why they're important you give them a story people want to see more of his story learn more about his character and when you pull him back and rather than give us what we want you give us even less of the character then your time kind of feels wasted a little bit you know it's like waiting around for someone all day and they never show up that's what it felt like for finn throughout the sequel trilogy I feel like he was more important than he was ever made out to be. And the writing probably was what it was. I don't want to talk about outside the universe, though. I want to talk about in-universe. 
And with Finn, you get the sense that he was kind of just, for lack of a better term, in the wrong place at the wrong time with how everything was unfolding. Because if everything went slightly better, I think Finn gets a better chance and he gets a better go at it. But because Ray happened to have everything to do with the reignition and the re-institutionalizing of hope with the, I like to call them the rebels, the rebellion. Finn was kind of put on the back burner a little bit and... You know, he got subjugated to having to go to Canto Bite, having to go find a master code breaker. And it sucked because a lot of people were Finn fans and a lot of people really looked forward to seeing Finn, a prominent character that ran away from the First Order. He was a former stormtrooper, ran away from it, didn't agree with its ideals. And of course you do see that come to fruition in episode nine where he runs into more former stormtroopers but you just get the sense that in episode eight he his story kind of got mudded up and he did get put on the back burner and i mean shout out to jj abrams for trying to make him more prominent in episode nine but i feel like that's the issue with splitting up a series and having different writers is that uh, I think the legacy of the sequel trilogy is that they were glorified fan films from people who weren't Star Wars fans. And people were just making movies that they wanted to make because they wanted to have the impact on canon. And it's super unfortunate because I feel like that time could have been used in such a such a better way such a better way and it's going to take a lot of work to not just not just course correct and get things on par with it because going from episode six to episode seven is a huge like a lot needs to happen a lot needs to happen and it's not like there's a whole lot of time there's about 20 30 years which i mean in the grand scheme of things is a lot of time but this the stark difference of point a to point b is drastic it is drastic and for all that they have to do to get from the rebellion ending the empire blowing up the death star celebrating on Endor, celebrating on Coruscant to the First Order reestablishing the Empire. There's a, there's a lot that needs to happen. There's a lot that needs to happen. Ultimately, it does come down to how did the First Order come about? And once that gets figured out, I think the dominoes will start falling in both directions. 
and the thing with Star Wars is, especially when you're telling stories about something that's in between two movies, is that it's kind of like the ripple effect. What happens here is also going to happen, boom and boom. It's not like when George was creating the prequels, like you knew where you had to get to ultimately. But it's not like he had to do anything before that. He had free reign to do so. Whereas the writers and directors of the sequel trilogy, they had free reign to take the universe post-episode 6 and create a new world 20-30 years later. And I feel like it's just a little bit muddled up. And now there's a lot of catching up to do so to say you know what i'm saying van seal yeah it's super muddled up <laughs> um right now i'm just talking about the differences in where we were at at the end of episode six and the start of episode seven and how A big gap yeah and how so much happened to go from the rebellion winning the war to the first order in essence reestablishing the empire do you have any takes on that uh i have a few um i think my biggest one was i think that was like so like I, I'm not a fan of the new trilogy by mm -hmm. any means, um, but I will say I do like The Force Awakens. I think The Force Awakens is like a great setup movie. Am I coming in good or am I, am I, is my audio messed up? Or are we good? No, you're good. Okay, all right. Um, so the one thing I, I didn't like about the new trilogy was it doesn't it doesn't explain what like. What is the status quo of the galaxy? Because obviously in A New Hope, we're like, it's like a brand new landscape. Like, we don't know what Star Wars is yet. They kind of explained that the Empire is the governing ruler of mm -hmm. the galaxy and they're oppressing everyone. It, it's very clear. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, tell me a story without telling me a story. Um, and I think the First Order, like, the First Order, like, I honestly, like, thought for a second they were just a bunch of space pirates. Yeah, and I mean, because I'm like, what, what, what is the first order? It's like, it's, it's the new, it's the Empire reborn, but it's like, but the Empire's not in control. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not in control. They're not, you know, they don't have an emperor. They, you know, they're, they're not running um, the government. So it's like, okay, you're not in control, but you're going around chasing rebels. The rebels aren't in control. And they're not getting support from the government. So it kind of feels like you have these two, like, space pirate factions just kind of fighting. And I'm using the word pirate really loosely here. I'm just saying, like, like, because the Rebels got support from the Alliance and mm -hmm. from the New Republic. But the Resistance did not. The Resistance were, like, legit, like, boots-on-the-ground Rebels. Yeah. But the First Order was also not in control. So I was just like, I was just like, like what like you know what is what it who is the controlling power in the galaxy and i feel like the for, the force awakens did a really poor job at explaining that because after i left that i watched that movie i was like i had so many more questions i was like yep like it, like the first order were able to build this super weapon 
if they're not the controlling power, how the hell were we able to get funding for this thing? Yep. The Death Star makes sense. It's like they're in charge. They have all. They control the money. They're in charge. They do whatever they want. I, it, like that makes sense. First order. It's just kind of like they're there. They just kind of exist. So, I I do think um, there is a lot. I, I, I okay. So, I feel like when you have these different eras in Star Wars prequels to original trilogy, original trilogy to the sequels, I feel like things change very rapidly in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Because if you look at history, like even like IRL history, like, you know, you don't change, like nations don't change who they're loyal to every 20, 30 years. And that's kind of what's happening with Star Wars. It's kind of weird when you look at it in the scope of things. It's like the, the Clone Wars was epic and amazing. You know, this, this, this awesome like four or five year confrontation um, but then, like, it just it just changed overnight to just the Empire. And then the Empire lasted, like, for what? Like... 23 years? 20... Yeah, 23 so, yeah, years? So, like, two decades. Two decades. And then it changes again. It's just, like, it, it changes really rapidly. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a problem. It's just, like, when, when, when things change rapidly, you kind of need to, like, let people know, like, what's going on. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like you said, there's a lot of explaining to do about how the Empire turns into the First Order, and they, they've kind of explained a couple things in some of the books and some of the games. Like like Battlefront explains a little bit, like like where the First Order gets their troops. They they get their troops from children that are very young. Yeah. So it's like okay, that that I I can see that it makes sense. Um, it's a little like you know junior recruitment program, I guess. Um, but uh. Yeah, and that, that was also like one of the big questions too. Like when I watched the original trilogy, like like where did all the stormtroopers come from? You know, yep. like how did that happen? You know, it's the only first start off as clones, and then and then you have that question of how the clone do, and then you see clones for the first time in the prequels, and you're thinking, are all stormtroopers just clones? And you're like, no, there's they got to explain that transition too. Mm-hmm. Like literally, just sitting here thinking about it, I'm thinking how they could have done the Force Awakens, just the introduction a bit differently and i i'd maintain some themes i'd maintain that you open up with the first order and with the stormtroopers and that but i would open it up with a rallying cry from i'd i'd use someone that was in the empire in episode six where you have to deep fake them, whatever. And you just do a rally cry. Like, today's the day that the Empire's reborn. And I would have them perform a siege of some sort of new Republic world. Land all those landing crafts. And just infiltrate with a bunch of stormtroopers. And walkers. All you gotta do. Then... You can explain like, okay, so the Empire's been away in the Unknown Regions and they've just been like compiling Imperial remnants, Imperial castaways, regrouping, re-strengthening, re-bolstering, and today's like the new Empire Day 2.0 and they catch the New Republic off guard and because the new republic's caught off guard they got to send in the resistance army and 
the resistance army is even caught off guard because you know it's 20 what 20 30 years later they haven't fought a war they haven't done anything the most that they've done is fight off pirates and stuff you know so it would be just a little bit of a way to explain like where the first order came from because they were just castaway imperials that met up got organized and then decided one day to just fight back but we never see like the day that they choose to fight back we never see that and i feel like with things that big you can't talk about them outside of the movie i feel like similar to how in episode four when the empire boards the rebel craft they should have had something like that where the first order boards a new republic you know starfleet or whatever and they just slaughter all of the new republic generals and senators and all that or even even like like so like for me the scene that like there's a couple scenes that like um kind of explain like i said you know like show show don't t show not tell and then mm -hmm. you hope it's like you know when you see the when you see stormtroopers for the first time and like tactically they're just walking around casually like they're not they're not shooting people they're just but they're just patrolling yep but they're patrolling with authority um the other scene is you know when you have all the uh the different moths talk talking in the death star it's like mm -hmm. these people are in power and i feel like with the first order you get a little bit of that when Hux and crew are talking to each other, um, Hux and crew, sorry, Hux and Kylo, Swigo terms. <laughs> Dude, Swigo has destroyed my Star Wars vocabulary. He's destroyed my, that game's destroyed my Star Wars vocabulary. It's insane. Um, but, um, no, you, you, they're, they're talking about how, like, you know, like, I think the, the line is something like Kylo's giving Hux a hard time saying that, like, you know, when, when Finn defects, he's like, you know, you should have gone with a clone army instead are your soldiers capable so like you get context <clears throat> there about like where you get your troops mm -hmm. but not enough context where you know what the first order is because the first order and the empire are completely different the first order is the empire reborn or the empire like 2.0 but like they're not the empire they're no. not because the empire had so many systems that they would call their home worlds where like civilians live there people grew up there people grew up in the empire just because it's like their mom and dad were imperial so they were imperial so it's like they weren't essentially like bad people or anything it's just like that's just the world they grew up in and you know job opportunities and yada yada the first order i don't feel like they really had that i feel like the first order like i said like every time you see them they're either at a base or they're in a ship yeah and there's like they, they you don't really see them mingling with civilians ever in the new trilogy like they don't just like walk around patrolling they're they're literally just looking for resistance and it's just like it's just um it's kind of odd I, I feel like it's kind of odd um you know hopefully we'll get that context of you know how powerful the first order is exactly um by the time the force awakens or you know where they've been the whole time mm -hmm. because because when han and leia talk about them they talk about them like they're this big threat that's been going on for like a long time it's like i don't know yeah like i feel like they've been at the table right but we never see when they take control of that table you know what i mean because i know that they were the imperial remnant was and we kind of get this in mando season three they were trying to get a place in the Senate. And 
I think that that Imperial Remnant is the First Order. Because I don't think that they're trying to... They are trying to bring back the Empire. But I, I mean, feel so like it's just a bit of a different vibe to it. Because I like... So I'm a fan of the Imperial Remnant just because that is something from old canon. Um, But like, I don't know. I'm just like... You know, like, the second we started making these connections uh, from these live-action shows that, like, eventually we are leading to Episode 7, it's like, the closer we get to it, the, like, the the less excited I get, just because I'm like, ah, I just, I'm not a fan of the First Order. Mm -hmm. But, um... I don't know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I always hope that maybe they're gonna retcon the sequel trilogy. Well, I mean... I don't think it needs to be retconned, but it, 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 like I was saying earlier, it just needs a lot to make sense. That's the problem with it. It needs a lot to make sense. And then like, and that's the have, issue with it is and then the other thing is we're not seeing that. Han, we're not seeing Han, Luke and Leia in any of these shows. And I get it. You know, actors have passed away. I get that. And people are older, but I'm like, just recast them at this point. I, yes, I agree. I think that just recast it. It passed the whole, like to get past the whole like you're not my han Solo, you're not my luke it's like and then people are complaining about where's han and luke it's like well which is it which one do you want i'm like i feel like if you recast them it'd be fine yeah alden aaron reich the guy great who he did great in solo so, god and he's such so a good, good actor too he was, he was an oppenheimer too yeah and he was so good as han solo um the i don't know who the kid was that played luke a lot of people want to what's it called bucky to play luke did you see the guy that was actually under his face though yeah he he, he had a cameo in um i think mando season two oh, or was no it was book of boba it was book of boba it was when mando was um testing out his new fighter he, he was one of the he was the other pilot that pulled him over yeah there was that guy but there was a different dude Oh, and, there's another and, one, and a the, second one, and Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and he like legit. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, he looks just like him. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna post it in uh in general so you can sure. see it. But literally, sure. I mean, I like mean, look, like they, they put dots on his face. Take the dots away. You don't need it. It's Luke Skywalker. Dude, you just see to you just need to give him some hair. You just need to give him the hair piece. And they did. That's incredible. And they did, yeah. He was, and he was doing everything. He was doing everything. And I'm like, if you, and if you want to do something to, 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 like, you know, you know, meet the fans in the middle, kind of a thing, then just cast, cast Carrie Fisher's daughter as Leia. Yeah, that as well. That'd um, be fine, and I think that'd be a nice, like, you know, homage to her character. Yeah, Sebastian Stan could also. That's the guy who played yeah, Bucky. Yeah, Bucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sebastian Stan is Luke. Yeah, because he just, he just looks like Luke, and I'm like. But he's getting up there in age, but I'm like, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. he's not like, he's not Mark Hamill's age though, so. Um, I, th I think at this rate, with everything going on, the thing that I want to happen is to just do what you can to do right by the characters. Because that's all that matters at the end of the day is doing right by the characters. You yeah. know, I feel like Luke, Han, and Leia to a degree. I mean, Leia, Leia got the most buffs out of the sequel trilogy. We learned that she was a Jedi. We learned that she was 
in in like because we always knew that she was force sensitive we didn't know how strong that she was right but we get to see her use the force we get to see her as a jedi han like i said at the beginning of the pod he kind of got subjugated to being a comedy character in episode seven because yeah that was the i saw more harrison ford than i did han solo yeah and that was really the only role for han in the movie because we had to take finn serious we had to take ray serious we had to take ben serious and poe wasn't really a comedy character yet he was more of a... Oh, he was supposed to die at the beginning of episode seven, but he mm-hmm. begged J.J. Abrams saying, hey, I always get killed off in my films. Can I be alive for this one? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, like, his character... Like, and I'm not trashing his performance because Oscar Isaacs isn't fantastic, but, like, I feel like if you could, you could have taken Poe out of every single movie and it would have been the same. See, maybe this is just me, but Poe was one of my favorite parts of the movies. Oh no, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't like him. I, I liked him. I I because well because he probably probably because he didn't make things worse. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But but I'm saying like the, the the magnitude of his his part was like okay. I liked him, but I'm like if we removed him from every movie, it would not matter. Yeah. But yeah, Han was the the comedy guy until he died. And then episode eight, we kick it off with Poe, who's the new Han Solo, the new comedy guy. Yes. And he's making mom jokes, you know, and, but I'll, I'll talk about that more when we get to The Last Jedi, but to, to wrap up The Force Awakens, I, I came out of that movie theater with high hopes, you know, I Same. felt, I, felt like it was a really good film. I loved how... I loved how they kind of just broke us down, told us what was going to happen, and we had our new characters to follow. We had our Kylo Ren, yeah. who, to me, I know this is a hot take, but for me, Kylo's the main character of the sequels. Um, no, I, I I agree, too, because uh, when I left the theater, I was like, Kylo got more screen time than any main villain in the original or prequel trilogy. Yeah, and I think that could also be um, why it's such a like weird film for people is because the main character yeah. is quote unquote the bad guy. But similar to episode four, Darth Vader. He's barely in it though in episode four. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, their stories are nearly like Kylo and Darth Vader's stories are nearly identical. Well, I'll be honest, the Disney think tank hasn't been really putting out what it should be past couple of years. But I always say, I always tell people, I think The Force Awakens is like the perfect alley-oop, the perfect setup. Yep. And then the the next one, and then we I get forget, the, the last, the last Jedi, Jedi is like the worst, like, like the most epic, just you missed it. It was there. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, with The Last Jedi, I mean, I came out of the theaters hyped and, like, just absolute gas. And I was super... I thought it was great. Um, But I thought, you know, when I really thought about it, it was good on accident. There were things about it that were good on accident. And 
they were that's not a good sign <laughs> exactly like ryan johnson as a writer is often carried by his actors portrayals of the characters more than the depth of the characters that he writes and we've seen that with a lot of his uh, a lot of his films but to stay in universe i really enjoyed parts of the portrayals from characters that we got to see and we got to see a lot of new cool things about the force about the galaxy about what's going on um but my biggest takeaway was that they shouldn't have killed snoke a hundred percent that was my that was the first thing i thought of one when it happened like i couldn't even enjoy that fight scene because my brain was going a million miles like an hour because i was like this happened a movie early yes that's exactly what i, I left, was feeling i left i left the force awakens saying oh kylo and ray are gonna team up um like uh vader and luke versus the emperor against snoke and then they're gonna fight snoke on in episode nine and beat him i'm like that i'm calling it i called it but it happened a movie early mm -hmm. and i was so confused when i left the theater because then i was like now what that's so weird i'm like like who's in charge now is it kylo is it is it hux like because that's just weird because i you know back then I still don't know what the first order is i'm like nope. i don't know if they control the galaxy i don't know what they are I mean, they're a terrorist group they're pirates i don't know don't know what the hell they are essentially to, to like if we have to put a name on it they're a, a militia right but like what 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 is their objective or goal other than to hunt the resistance yeah like i don't see them conquering planets i don't see them like building anything like they're just they're i mean well i I'm guess the up, starfield base i want to bring up hux's Hux's speech. I want to. Hux's speech in the first one was great. After the after the after the Force Awakens, <laughs> I they they ruined that character for me. I was like, I was like, yeah, I kind of think I can get behind him. He's like a younger younger Tarkin. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, where was I going with this? Um, I was saying that um, yeah, no, like like when when Snoke died, I was like, we still don't even know who the hell Snoke was. Yep. That was so 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 weird to me. Like, why would you kill a character off without? explain like I, the, the last jedi make creates so many loopholes and i even I, I called this after i saw that movie i said episode nine is going to be full of exposition and ex explaining what happened because because yeah. the last jedi did so many things that were weird and that weren't supposed to happen yet to the point where if you watch like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the um the rise of skywalker um they just explain all the loopholes like like they, they even had to explain uh the holdem maneuver they're like that's a one that's like there's so many weird things that happen in that movie where like they literally had to waste time explaining stuff from a previous film so yep. that upset me because i was like great so now you're taking time away from this film just so they can explain what the hell happened in the last film and hopefully the audience accepts it while we're still trying to tell a story for the current film and i'm just like it's just and I knew that going into episode nine. I was like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a, like I said, episode seven, perfect setup. Episode eight, totally botched. And episode nine is trying to like, yeah, you know, you're trying to patch all the holes while also trying to tell a story at the same time. I'm like, it's just, I guess do the best you can at that point. I don't know. Yeah. And while we're on episode, uh, episode eight, I feel like one of the bigger, 
negatives of episode eight was just like they took this character that was super important he was the first character that we ever saw in a trailer he was in the last fight scene and they took finn off this pedestal off of this here care about this character for two hours he's important to the story he's important to the conflict with our main character take this character this former stormtrooper that left the first order take this traitor who just joins the rebels and don't care about him anymore because he's not important yeah i know finn was super interesting and i i thought the idea of his character was unique and original for one yeah and i thought it had potentials like this could be kind of cool like i i, I kind of i'm kind of digging it um but then yeah you're, you're right they totally just tossed him to the side if and this is gonna sound crazy if finn was allowed to sacrifice himself blow up the battering ram which would then cause a chain reaction blow up all those ships and walkers i think finn would is, redeem his character it would 1000 percent redeem his character because in essence he gave his life to destroy the very life that he came from you know no. how how deep of an arc is that and then you go into episode nine and then you're actually fighting for something you don't want to, you don't want finn's sacrifice to be in vain yeah and i felt like they just took such a, a terrible route all to say stupid we're not fighting for hate we're fighting for who we love terrible 20 20 yards in front of ATATs, staring at them <laughs> yeah just uh, i wanted finn to die but for all the right reasons and yeah i mean he like that in and of itself was one of the things that really brought me down on the movie um i i could theoretically understand why luke skywalker was the way he was i could theoretically understand it but again they're they didn't explain it because he, he saw the future of the trilogy <laughs> they they could have done so much man they could have introduced mara jade like maybe maybe mara died mara died a chain reaction of mara dying uh ben destroying his order killing his students the the burden of the death of his students like that in and of itself i could get you know even mara dying their kids dying um we don't even see his reaction about Han. All we hear him say is, where's Han? And then the scene cuts to, like, yeah. I think, Ben. It's like, we don't even see his reaction to Han dying. And and they considered each other best friends. Yep. And Luke, who in episode six, like, you you see the, the edge to Luke. He always wants to protect his friends and they yeah. didn't explain that Luke, when he's looking into Ben's mind, we don't see what he sees, but Luke can literally see the future. That's one of his powers. I think that Luke saw Ben kill Han, who's his best friend, his, his brother-in-law. He fought a war with this guy. He saved the galaxy with this guy. And for a split second, he wanted to to kill the guy that was going to kill his best friend. But then he remembered, like, 
crap, this is my nephew. I can't do this. That's why I, I mean, think it was on yeah. accident because there's no fucking shot that Ryan Johnson intended that. But I, I, I did not like in, the flashbacks because that's that's actually the, that's the first Star Wars movie where we ever get flashbacks. Yeah, and they did three of them, and they were the same. Mm -hmm. And I I I. I I understand the style of flashback they're doing because it's like every time you watch it, it's a little bit different with like minor details changed because you're getting someone else's perspective. I get that. We're not watching a fucking detective movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I don't buy the whole Luke goes to the dark side for like a second. Like I really don't because I'm just like, it, it just. No, like, it doesn't like make said, sense. Like, like, no, it doesn't. And there's it ways goes back to, to explain like, it point, while maintaining the integrity of Luke's character. Yeah. And like I said, things change very rapidly in Star Wars, but like that's way too fast. Yeah. 100%. Like him just saying, like, I need to kill. Like, that that just isn't Luke. Like, the fact that he wouldn't even try talking to Ben about it or anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not Luke at all. No, it's, it's really not. But the issue is, it is Luke because he did it. And yeah. you, you can't. The thing that's, that's tricky is you can't ask like you can't say he wouldn't do that because he did it now you have to theorize why he did it and for that i think you just have to put into perspective okay what does luke hold sacred to him it's his friends and his family you see that in empire strikes back when he quits training to go and save them because they're gonna die and he learns that he needs to be patient with this well he had a slip up because he wasn't patient with it and he ignited his lightsaber which i don't even remember which version of the flashback is true it's the one where he pulls out his lightsaber ignites but he's it looking, but he's looking at it right he's looking at his lightsaber and then when he looks down ben's looking at him Okay. Now, if they gave the context that Snoke was, uh, and they said that Snoke was seducing him. They didn't say how he was seducing him. They could have said Snoke was in his mind. If, if they gave that context, because you get that context in a comic, but you don't get it in the movie again. You can't rely yeah, on comics I, I, and outside I, media. That's for another that. reason. That's another reason I didn't like the sequel trilogy. Is like they make the audience, they give the audience homework. They're like, oh, if you want to know what's going on, you have to read these books, those comics, and watch these shows. It's like no one's got time for that. Just explain shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And literally, all they needed to do in that flashback was show the clip of Ben killing Han, and all of it makes sense. But they left it up for interpretation because they didn't know Ryan Johnson didn't write. He didn't know what Luke saw, but he just needed to get Luke from point A to point B. And he did it as like C minus just getting a passing grade as possible. It, it, I wouldn't even go to C minus. I'd fail that dude. Um, just because like we see the same pattern in what they're doing with the other Star Wars show. So mm -hmm. you have Luke, a guy that's depressed, old, he has to rediscover himself and what makes him good in the first place. Like we don't need we don't need that because George Lucas already showed what makes his character great in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with Obi Wan in the Obi Wan show, and then the same thing with Boba Fett in the Boba Fett show. 
it's yeah. literally like they just like to make these like their, their main characters that are men coincidence um you know depressed they're they're old they're they're run down they're like they have to rediscover who they are it's like why, why do we have to do this this is like a waste of time and it's it's not good storytelling here's another thing i've never even thought about right we don't episode seven we don't know that luke is feeling those things right no we don't because they just look at each other he takes his cloak off and just gives her a stare like who are you yeah and this is like this is what makes sense to me luke why else would he leave a map behind him if he wasn't looking for something with the intention of coming back but it was some it was someplace dangerous that he had to get to right i'm thinking luke went to the jedi um the sacred jedi island to just get re in tone re enlightened with the force but ryan johnson perceives it as he's hermiting himself luke's x-wing was literally in the it was in the drip you know with a full tank of gas apparently yeah and you can explain it that luke crash landed and his x-wing is totaled like he can't he there's no shot he, he'll never be able to fly it anymore that's why he's stuck there that's why he left a map just in case something like that happened and before anything happened like they needed to get the completed part of the map because it was split up to protect luke because if it got into the wrong hands then that would be it that'd be wraps the jedi would be over you just made it sound like luke like took a trip out to the desert his gps died and he's out of gas like yeah it just sounds like and i think that I mean, would make honestly, a lot I more prefer, sense than i prefer luke that over the, the i prefer that over what they did with him honestly like it's just yeah because he was like he luke never he literally never leaves that island ever no he doesn't it's his force ghost sad. that does and if ray brings luke back does he can he perform that ultimate sacrifice yes of course he can but would that have been more impactful if luke skywalker is fighting ben fighting the whole first order a full power not not prime but like an an aged vet luke taking on the first order by himself while the rest of the resistance is escaping does that mean more than luke hollow projecting himself yes yes 100 percent. because then his death means something when i uh first saw episode eight for the first time i knew something was wrong i didn't know he was hollow projecting i knew something was wrong because he had his blue saber mm -hmm. and i was like we literally just saw <clears> the thing <throat> blow up like five minutes ago yep like don't you can't tell me that he either has a spare or you know, he put it together. It's like, we just saw it blow up. And there's no reason uh, for him to have even had that. Like, we never even see his green lightsaber in action. Nope. So, that's another reason why I'm stealing it in my book. But, the, the Last Jedi, like I said, it was accidentally good in some cases. But there's some parts I liked, I will admit, like, and when I say some parts, I'm probably talking about less than 10 minutes of screen time, but I don't know. I, I try just... not to make sense of the new trilogy because it just doesn't make any. Yeah. And for that's the most part. 
each each movie is kind of in its own vacuum because they don't go into each other they don't really they do add not. up um but when you look at the characters right ray has such accelerated growth in the force and it does make sense to me because the force is always trying to balance itself out so in essence the force kind of gave ray steroids and because ray needed to match up with the dark side of the force right so people saying that like ray got these force powers out of nowhere like they were always there and this is explained because she said something in me has always been there but only now like it's awake um and she gets taught by luke who's the most powerful mfer of all time and the force is really just trying to balance itself out so they're giving ray this accelerant which doesn't get explained but it's kind of just up for the interpretation of the audience ray goes on to be like the she really is the last jedi and it's not just in the name of the movie but it's also in the name of hope like she is the last hope and i feel like that should have been the title of the movie not the last jedi but the last hope because like you said it was a movie too late with everything that happened and I feel like everything that happened with Snoke, with Kylo, with the throne room, that should have been in the last movie. But everything yes. that happened on Crate should have happened in this movie. And we can get that explanation. Then with the last movie, they could decide whether or not Ben should redeem himself or uh, not redeem himself. But I mean, like, if, if I can control time and space and I can, like, you know, get rid of movies. I would only get rid of episode eight and nine. I actually genuinely like episode seven because, like I said, it just sets up for a lot of things. And Ray is not as powerful as she ends up becoming, which I think is a big problem for a lot of people. Is how she's just good at everything somehow. Um, well, but she's not if we good let... at everything, but she can do a lot because you see, like, she does a lot of things on accident. Yeah, and I think that bothers a lot of people. Like, even um, with her saber combat, she really only beats Ben because he stops, right? Yeah. Like, she's not good. And it's kind of the 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 fallacy of any two any guy with two hands has a fighting chance. I mean, like you said, she's, she has four steroids and they don't explain that. But, like, I just feel like she got like not even the bare minimum of training you know what i mean like i would have liked to seen her train a little bit more um and work up and kind of earn that like status of super jedi because i feel like she trains for all of like two days and she's like all right i know how to be a jedi i took yeah. the accelerated course like you know what i mean and then the jedi texts those weren't even used for anything like she never studied them or read them she just kind of like <laughs> she's like I took well, she my read the hell out of them but it was in between eight and nine right so yeah, again going off back, like i said like yeah yeah so again you're giving your audience homework 
to it's just like but if and most people probably 90 percent people that went and saw these movies did not read those books or watch those comics no. um so it's like you know it's just like i said i i wish i i would love to lead all the wherever these shows are going with ahsoka and all that if it goes into episode seven that'd be cool but like if they could just like redo eight and nine i think that'd be great like i don't know just yeah. i don't know what it is like eight and nine i just it just i just feel like like eight just blows everything up and then nine's just playing damage control and then that's exactly what i was about to say like nine kind of had to because i feel i i really want to see what jj abrams episode eight looked like you know oh have you seen the original script for episode nine no dude it's sick I'll it's so look, sick i'll look into that and there's an ad someone animated the entire thing too oh really yeah it's it's really really cool um it's a little different but it's a little bit of a it feels more like return of the jedi it's like a slower pace darker tone but like i i think it's better than what they gave us oh of course i mean i i liked i liked the rise of skywalker because it had a job to do and i feel like it did the job right it did the best that it could with its circumstances. Yeah, that, that's how I that's how I felt when I saw it. So it's I think it's as good as it because, was ever gonna get. Yeah, because the Force Awakens were playing chess. The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson decides he's not smart enough to play chess, so he plays checkers with the chess pieces, and then J.J. Abrams comes back and he's like, "Why is my game all fucked up?" Oh, he yeah, was playing pretty checkers. Much. Pretty much. And that's how I feel like it was. I've, I'll never understand nor forgive them for breaking up the trilogy. I feel like it should have been written by one vision, you know? And like I said earlier in the pod, I feel like they were fan fictions done by people who were not Star Wars fans. Agreed. And with The Last Jedi, you see that. Like, you could tell... Ryan Johnson didn't like Luke Skywalker. You could tell just in how he was written. He was a grumpy old man. For what? That's how you interpret why he was on the island? Cool. Then just tell me you don't care. Tell me you don't care without telling me that you don't care. And that's how he made The Last Jedi. And it sucked. For there was a, a movie poster I saw. Well, it wasn't a movie poster. It was just a regular Star Wars poster I saw. And, and I... Uh... It made no sense to me. It made literally no sense. And I was like, what in the world is this? And it was this, it was the sequel, the prequel, and the original trilogy, like main characters, like the trios. So mm -hmm. in the prequels, you have Obi-Wan, you have Anakin, and you got Padme. Okay. Yep. That's your kind of like your trio there. And the original trilogy, obviously Han, Luke, Leia. And then for The Force Awakens, it was I mean, for, for sorry, excuse me, uh, sequel trilogy, it was Ray, um, Finn, and Poe. This was like after. This was post episode seven. Like episode eight hasn't come out yet. And I'm like, I'm like, why is why is uh why is Poe standing next to Ray? They haven't even met yet. Yeah. They don't meet till literally the credits of episode eight. I'm like, that's True. how <clears throat> disconnected they were on writing this because I'm like, your your new trio that we're supposed to fall in love with, you don't even have them in a single shot together yet. Nope. It blows my mind. I'm like, like, like literally, two of your main characters meet for the first time at the credits 
of the second out of three movies. I'm like, how how is that even possible? Like, could yeah. you imagine if could you imagine Han and Luke not interacting for like a whole two movies, or like Obi Wan and Padme not meeting till Episode Three? Because it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make any sense. And yeah, I never even thought about it like that. Like they legitimately don't meet yet. Po. And all they do is, and all they say is, "Hi, I'm Poe. Hi, I'm Ray." I'm like, that is the worst. Like, that's the worst thing to say right before the credits roll. It's like, what is that? Yeah, and like, Poe is literally one of the most important people in the Resistance. He's literally one of the most important people. He's their operative. He's their best fighter. And Rey is also one of the most important people in the Resistance because she's the Jedi. Yeah. So and, and then and and we never. Li- yeah. I, I never would have thought of that unless I saw that poster, and I was like, "Wait, something looks weird about this poster." And I was like, "Yeah. Why are they standing next to each other? They've never met. Like, what the hell's that all about?" And yeah, that's another thing. Seven and eight. Uh, even in episode eight, everyone's doing their own thing, you know? Yep. And everyone's got this weird conflict. Ray is off with Luke. Finn is with and Rose Tico on Can- Canto Bite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Poe is beefing with Holdo. Kylo is beefing with Hux. Also beefing with Snoke. Also very pissed off at Rey. Because Rey won't join him. Yeah. So that in and of itself. I enjoy Kylo's episode 8. Kylo's episode 8, if there's one good takeaway... Kylo's episode eight is sick because it's realistic. No one has just one thing that's holding them back. You know, everyone's got like a couple things like work. Yeah. Sucks. Adam, Adam Driver carries hard. He's such Adam a good Driver actor. So hard. Yeah. He's he, I, I didn't like, I didn't like him as much in the force awakens, but yeah, you're right. Like episode eight, Kylo is great. Episode nine. I feel like isn't as strong as eight mm-hmm. in my opinion, but also, but still, episode nine, Kylo's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, he, he, he did. He carried. That's safe to say. That's very safe yeah. to say. Um, and the thing that really sucked. The last thing I'll say that sucked about the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi. Do you remember all the speculation and all the theories about yes. Snoke and all that? Yeah. And they yep. just kill him off. They yeah. they troll the fans by saying your Snoke your Snoke theories suck, and it's like sure you don't always want to do fan service, but at the end of the day, like don't just don't just murder it because the Snoke stuff raised parents and oh I know man they they, they backtrack on so many things. Because like I said, episode nine is literally damage control of the movie. Yeah. Like and then, Ray and then was the meant one thing, to be a Kenobi. I remember the one big marketing thing, and this was in every trailer, you hear Ben saying, Let the past die. Like 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 we're mm-hmm. gonna get rid of all the old stuff. Like that's like like, you know, I don't know if it's 
metaphoric at all but you know they're just like talking about how they want to you know write the new generation of star wars and give characters little characters literally saying let the past die forget the jedi forget the Sith, yada yada and then what do they do in episode nine it's just they try doing fan service and they bring the og villain back they bring back all this other iconic stuff you bring han back and it's just like you know they can't even get their own story straight correct and they tried to use the nostalgia as a way to drive moments and i feel like they were trying to create moments rather than create stories yep because you see that when they introduce the millennium falcon on jakku you hear you don't need to use the millennium falcon there nope i i get it and it's a cool way to reintroduce something but you kind of just get hit with so much nostalgia at once only for all that nostalgia to be taken out at the end of the day you know han and chewie come back and i think what less than a half hour later han's dead so it's tough and with the last jedi they kind of did the exact same thing like okay we're gonna introduce luke luke's back luke's back baby he's on the he's on the front front of the poster but it's not the same luke that you knew it is not luke skywalker it's not the hopeful jedi it's not the guy that would face up against the entire empire just to save his family it's not the guy that would go toe-to-toe with darth vader even though he hasn't finished his training no it's just a guy on an island and then 30 minutes later he's dead yep with like the the worst death of any main luke prior to episode seven and eight was the greatest hero of all time yeah and he had the worst death of any hero i've ever seen because it didn't mean much anything yeah sure i mean it meant that he that the resistance got to escape but like there's better ways to do it and we already detailed and outlined a way to do it and it just it hurt me it hurt me. yeah i i got in so many arguments about people trying to defend it saying that he he was he was uh he, the force put so much strain on his body that he just died and like i've never seen that happen to anybody in star wars history like i've played the old republic for you know five six years i've played you know read so many books i've never heard of like you know you pull a force muscle and die and i'm just like mm-hmm. i'm sorry but if, if he's supposed to be the greatest jedi that should not be happening or maybe he should have stretched i don't know it like i said i think he just isn't a star wars fan wasn't a fan of luke and interpreted things the complete wrong way but then we get into the rise of skywalker and like you said you know it's just a lot of damage control and it's like when you're working for a company and the CEO is sending dick pics to the secretary, you have, and you're the PR agent, like you got to be on top of that. And I feel like JJ Abrams did the best he could to get on top of it. Like the CEO is a great guy, you know, he donates to charity, but I mean, I feel like they had two options. The first option was the one they went with 
you know, explain everything that happened, make sure everything, try to make everything make sense. Or you double down, ignore everything that happened and actually tell, try to tell a good story. How you doing? How you doing? Who's that? Me. Yeah. Can you say hi? Hi. Awesome. You having a good day? Mm-hmm. Hang out with Grandma? Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? No, you don't have to. It's okay. Do you want to say hi? Uh, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? Awesome. It's cute. Go play with Grandma. Sissy's coming up with you. Oh, it's a kitty. Yeah, she. You see her belly. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, with the rise of Skywalker, right? It's just a bad <laughs> PR. <laughs> yes, pretty much, man. I mean, it's. Like, like, you know, um, just like, it, it just failed promises after failed promises. Cause like, I know we're done with episode eight, but I remember like they marketed that the Knights of Ren were going to have an incredible role in this film. They were, we were going to see them in action and just, instead of just seeing them and then not really, um, same thing with Captain Phasma. Um, there, I remember them marketing. Uh, we haven't the even talked about her yet, bro. We don't have to. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like that's probably the one thing that Rise of Skywalker did right. They didn't bring her back just to kill her off again. Because mm -hmm. I was like, man, what a uh, what a joke of a character. And I remember when the uh, when the Force Awakens came out. Um, not to backtrack a little bit, but I think this will add context to the conversation. Um, uh, I thought this was really interesting. So that Christmas, um, the number one returned item that Christmas, like Christmas presents, people returning gifts that they don't want, the number one returned item was Star Wars merchandise that year. What was it? 2015, 2015, 2016, January. Yeah. It was, they were talking about on the news that like Star Wars was the number one like IP for kids you know, kids' toys that was returned. And I was like, that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. However, the number one selling Star Wars character was not BB-8. It was actually Captain Phasma. If it was a shirt, action figure, whatever. And people were all hyped for her. But anyways, um, I I thought that was super interesting. And going forward, actually, now I look back at it, when those movies came out, I never bought any merch. I never bought any collectibles, figures, nothing from... Anything past episode seven, I was just kind of like, I don't know, but um, but yeah, just a lot of failed promises. You know, Captain Fast was gonna be a bigger role. Knights of Ren are gonna be a bigger role. Not really. You know, they're just kind of there. They're there, but they're not there. I don't think I did. I have a few Funkos. Um, those but like, came out let me ask you later. this: Did you did you buy as much or close to what you bought when the prequels were in theaters? Um, definitely less, because I was a kid when prequels were in theaters. Sure, but I mean, it's still Star Wars, and it's like, I don't know. 
I have a couple things uh, from episode seven, but I'm like, I mean, when I say couple, I mean probably like two or three. But I mean, it's like episode nine. Yeah, I felt like episode nine was just this big scavenger hunt of PR stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And they made mark, they made really marketable stuff: a cross guard lightsaber, a mask for Kylo, new stormtrooper masks. Red Troopers, Phasma, Ray lightsaber, which inevitably just was Anakin's, but hey ho, front row. Um, <laughs> Funkos, and like they made a lot of really cool stuff. Issue is with Disney, especially, they're a little bit late to get everything out. And I remember this um, at the theaters. I remember this at the theaters. I had a, my friend's mom had a printing company and I walked into the last Jedi with a last Jedi poster on a t-shirt and people were like, holy shit. Like, where'd you get that? What the hell is that? Like, that's so cool. And this was early doors of Amazon being like a superpower 2017. Amazon was a huge, huge, but certain people had it. So people were asking me, did you get that on Amazon? Like, Where'd you get that? And that in and of itself, it's like, you should probably have stuff ready to rumble when you're releasing a movie. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I remember when episode one was coming to theaters that, I mean, I was, I was little, I think I was maybe like five or six when episode one was coming up. But I mean, I remember waiting out in line at Toys R Us for the midnight release of the figures. And the movie wasn't even out yet for a couple months. Mm -hmm. And it was like a frenzy. I was probably, I think I was the only kid there. It was a bunch of adults that were like episode one, gotta get Darth Maul, gotta get Darth Maul. It's all everybody wanted. Um, and as many battle droids as you can get your hands on. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's like, it's, it's, there was not really a desire I feel like the merchandise really hit them. I feel like that's probably where they lost most of their money. Not just from ticket sales in the theater, but just merch. Yeah, and the lack of and, and, and I think there's I think I think they're stepping on their own toes because um you know when, when the prequels came out or wait, I'm sorry, let's go back. When the original trilogy came out, Star Wars was the movie to see for the year. Doesn't matter which one. Everyone changed cinema somehow. It was a milestone for cinema, it was a milestone for just movies entertainment in general um when the when the prequels came out you had like spider-man 1 and spider-man 2 the sam raimi the sony ones um so it's like you had some competition but you know the internet wasn't also prevalent back then now you have streaming services you have marvel you have dc and i feel like with with the amount of content that's pu out, pushed out there star wars is competing against like 10 times the amount of ips that, that they used to mm -hmm. and i think disney just assumed that they looked at star wars's numbers from back of then and just assumed oh if we do this it's 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 easy money and i i just feel like you know it, unless you put out a good product which i don't think they did i think their product is very mediocre you know people aren't going to look at it because there's so many other choices there's so many other ips and so many other movies and choices now so you really have to make sure if you're putting out star wars it is a banger it has to be. It really does. Because merch isn't going to carry your profits anymore, you know? No. Merch is only going to come 
because we live in such a subscription-y era that merch is only going to come if you're delivering like i'm like yeah. if i get gifted something this is what's cute about friends and family right they know i'm a huge star wars guy they always get me something star wars ish for like uh celebrations like christmas or my birthday or something nice <clears throat> yeah it's always Mandalorian stuff, though, you know? <laughs> it's always got Grogu on it. And yeah. I'll, everyone knows all my homies hate Grogu. So, but I appreciate the sentiment because they're trying to relate to me and yeah, be sweet. Um, these days, though, I wouldn't... Well, my point is, I wouldn't go out and get myself Mandalorian merch because I'm not a fan of the overall totality product. Ahsoka, though, there was a really dope shirt. There was two dope shirts at Hot Topic today because I went to the mall before uh, the live stream. There was a chopper, like, um, classic college tee that had, like, the nice, the nice classic college tee font. And it said chopper across it a bit. And it just looks sick. And then there was an Ahsoka, like, old school 80s style retro I think I've seen that one. Yeah, that one looks really sick. And I was going to pick that up, but I, I needed to get other stuff, and I had priorities. I'm going on vacation in a week, so maybe afterwards, but I had priorities. But it was sick, and I was like, yeah, I'll get this. I love the show. I love the character. Um, But that's what it boils down to. Like, You're only going to be getting these merch sales from investment when people are invested yeah. in your product. That's why Baby Yoda was like the number one number one entity, not just toy, number one entity in America. Bumper stickers, window decals, backpacks, toys, dolls. I, I wish we had that same result when episode seven came out though. Yeah, 100%. I really, I, I think they- And that's I, what I, I was getting to. We didn't get that with the sequel trilogy. We did not. Not one and, bit. And you know, if you think about all the Hasbro toys they made, like, like, um, like I'll talk a lot of a lot of the people I talk to, you know, when I when I was still going to school, like either college professors or other peers, like, you know, you either have to be either in your mid to you know late twenties, I think, to enjoy Star Wars because I feel like a lot of kids these days just aren't in Star Wars. <laughs> like, am I crazy for saying that, or like, um, I think there's just so like, much else. Yeah. yeah, there's so much else. Like they know what Star Wars is, but they're not going to go and buy toys. There's Twitch, there's YouTube. That stuff wasn't really around when we were watching Star Wars growing up, you right? Know? And I think that's going to take precedent. And a kids don't play outside as much. Nope. B, um, I've worked with kids. You know, imaginations aren't what they used to be either, because all their free time is spent connected to the internet. So imagination's not really what it was. So no one's really make believing like, oh, I'll be Anakin, you be Obi Wan, and we'll duel. Like me and my brother used to do that all the time. Kids aren't doing that these days. They're staying indoors. They're on their electronics, and I think that is the magic of Star Wars. You know, thinking that oh, I can be these characters. I can be part of this. I see myself in this character. Nowadays, like. Star Wars really 
isn't and it's the George Lucas effect because George Lucas had this magic that's why he's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time he was able to create characters that people could resonate everybody with. could connect with everyone could connect with. anybody yeah, could even before Hollywood started pushing like um you know having strong female roles like he did that with Leia not yeah and not just Leia, always... with American graffiti with yeah. THX 1738 like he did or 11 whatever 1138 yeah yeah I know what you're talking about, yeah. he, <laughs> he wrote strong female leads he wrote strong diverse characters he literally like created aliens without pushing any to... like political agendas either exactly. which is like it's crazy to think about that. That's even possible these days. But um, he created a world where there's no racism, surrounded by 26 right. sentient beings, sentient species. Like, and I love the world of Star Wars because, like, a black person, an Asian person, a white person, they're just humans. Yeah, the Empire's gonna hate you all the same. Doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that it's nice to have those movies because I will. Like, my missus, she won't enjoy how much, like, Star Wars I, I show our kids. I already want to name our kids Anakin and Ahsoka, but she's not having it. She's not having it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to trick her and be like, oh, can we name him Hayden or Liam or any of the real names of the characters? Not Liam. She wants to name it Liam. But where I'm getting at. Just go with um. There's themes. Arm scissor punch. <laughs> There's themes in Star Wars that every kid needs to see, and it's themes of hope. It's themes of redemption. It's themes of you can be a good person no matter what mistakes that you make, and it's themes of family. Yeah. And the one thing that I needed as a kid was hope because I grew up in a house that wasn't a home, and. I needed to see that no matter what, there's always going to be good in my father because I didn't know that growing up. So that's what Star Wars gave to me, and that's what Star Wars needs to do, and it's not doing that. Star Wars at this point really is just a... They're Disney fan films, you know, and they're doing their best, and that's why I so love Dave Filoni and what he's done because he is telling George Lucas Star Wars, you know? He's giving me yeah. those vibes and those themes, and he's doing that with characters that he's creating. Like, he created Ahsoka Tano. He created Balin Skull. He created Shin Hati. He's created all these magnificent characters to get across what he's trying to tell us. And, man, like, he is single-handedly my favorite director, my favorite writer... And if I could give the keys to the kingdom to try and fix, try and fix the sequels, I'd give them to Dave Filoni. You know, he also worked on uh, Avatar. The Last Airbender? Or the, yeah, the, the show, blue one? The show. Okay. No, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah, he worked on, like, the good, not the movie, but, like, yeah. the show, the, the, the critically acclaimed. Yeah, he also worked on that, too. That was... That was actually what he was working on before he did Clone Wars. And I'm like, dude, this guy's resume is, like, insane. <laughs> I hated that blue movie. Me and my uh, missus. I, I mean, it's just, Pocah it's just Pocahontas. It's... 
And it's just... Visually, visually, I'm like, it's impressive. Any movie can be good visually with the right budget, you know? Uh, Still have bad CGI these days, but yeah. Like, everyone always says, oh, Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi was the best visual Star Wars. Okay, so it's the cinematographer's... Like, there's some the, pretty shots, the credit. but the story is shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you can make a piece of shit look as pretty as you want. It's still a piece of shit. Alright, so if you had to define the sequels in one paragraph to someone that's never seen them before, just finished episode six, describe it for me. Oh man, I would say that um as a and say you were I, I'm working being serious or am I, am I tongue in cheek? You are the PR agent for Star oh, Wars. Boy. See cuz I work in PR so this is like worse. Yep. <laughs> um, um I man, I, I to hell you do this. Um I would say that you know this is uh, the best of the this is the best of your favorite characters and this is a uh, you know, this is the future of Star Wars, and it's all been planned out, and uh, um, you're going to get to get a sneak peek of the future of Star Wars as we approach them, uh, as we approach it through all the live-action shows, or something to that fact. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's hard it's hard to explain it because it's like, um, it's hard to explain what the the prequels are because you don't even get to know who Rey is until like the last five minutes. Yeah, it's like imagine if we did, imagine if oh we didn't even talk about if, the the Ray Skywalker stuff. How do oh, you feel dude, about that? Was that? So, that was added last minute. That was added one hundred percent last minute. Like I, I originally, I originally was majoring in cinematography before I switched. But I when I saw that the, you know the the, the ha- happy ending <laughs> with all the main characters at the end, and then the camera like dips out, and then the shot attachment. I'm like, oh, this was this was one hundred percent added after they finished filming because there's there's also an interview and i i am surprised these interviews like didn't get like erased from the internet's like history or whatever but there's an interview when they're they're asking daisy Ridley, and they kind of tricked her i felt kind of bad because she probably got in trouble for this but they tricked her like how excited were you to know that you were, you were a palpatine this whole time and she was all like oh like like you know they, they kind of twisted the question around a little bit but in the interview, she said, like, she's like, oh, my God, I was so excited. I kept guessing every day. Like, we were almost done with filming, and, and I didn't know till the last minute. And we, we actually changed a couple times during shooting. I'm like, oh, you what? Yeah, they like, changed who what? she was throughout the entirety of the shooting. She was originally meant to be a Kenobi. And then she became Ben's twin. But then they realized that didn't make sense because they used an actress way too young in the flashback. And then she changed to nobody. And then she was going to be a Kenobi again. That's crazy, And then they changed her to Palpatine when they killed Snoke. (laughs) That's just like... I've never heard of of that before in a film where we're just like, they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, for their what I like to call their engine character. Yes. A character that is quite literally driving the story while the main character is going through his arc. Yeah. 
And I, I feel like I feel like the reason they, they, they gave her the Ray Skywalker name at the very end was because the title was called Rise of Skywalker, which in my opinion, when I hear that title, <laughs> I think of Ben Solo. Yes, and that's why well, I, I think Ben's the main character. I agree, I agree, but they gave her the last name, Skywalker, because that's the last thing you hear before you see the title screen at the very end. I'm, I'm Ray, Ray Skywalker, and then it says The Rise of Skywalker, and people are like, oh, that's why it's called that. It's like, um, I feel like that's why they did that. Um, it just, <laughs> I don't know, man. She she took she took Luke's home. She took his X-wing. She took his saber. And now she took his last name. It's just like, I don't know, man. Kind of it's kind of messed up. So they explained this a little bit. Explain this a little bit. Ben, when he was redeemed. If he survived the Palpatine fight, he was going to go by Ben Skywalker there on after. And then he was going to marry Rey, and she was going to get the last name. Wait, why wouldn't he go by Ben Solo? He didn't vibe with it. Oh. Yeah. He didn't vibe with it. He wanted to be a Skywalker. Like, he... That makes sense. He yeah, cared. Okay, that makes sense. He identified more as Anakin's grandson than Han's son. It's like, damn, my dad has no cool powers. He's lame. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just because they wanted to keep the Skywalker name alive. Yeah. Because uh, there were no other Skywalkers. Yeah. Shout out Shmi. Keeping it real. Um, <laughs> so if I had to describe the sequels... In a paragraph, I would say it is the interpretation of a lost translation of what was happening in the galaxy two decades after Return of the Jedi. Three, three decades. Three decades after the Return of the Jedi. A lost translation, misinterpretation, because Star Wars is a story that's being told, you know, Maybe that's what it is. It's just a messed up interpretation. Alternate universe. Problem solved. <laughs> I don't want that shit in Star Wars, though, so it'll be tough. Well, hold on. Here, how about this idea? I, I saw this theory online. And I was like, okay, this is, this is, I think, not going to happen. But I'm like, it's an interesting theory because it makes sense. Um, so the one thing with the Ahsoka show is we're going to a completely different galaxy, right? We're probably not going to be there very long. But, like, this is the first time, I think, in any Star Wars media we're ever introduced to an alternate galaxy. Ever. Like, even in the Old Republic, they don't go to... They don't galaxy hop. So, that kind of makes me wonder, like, brand new galaxy, brand new place, hasn't been touched by Disney? Maybe that's where the future of Star Wars is. Yeah. And we kind of just dump all the dump all the Disney characters in the Disney galaxy, and we go have fun in the uh, Lucas galaxy or the Filoni galaxy. Because I'm like, that's that's that beats a multiverse idea or a time travel idea or alternate universe. Because Star Wars doesn't really deal with that. Um, but I'm like, another alternate galaxy. I'm like, that kind of makes sense though. It would a little bit. The issue is but, they're they're bringing yeah. Thrawn back. 
yeah, I know. But but what if the whole what if Thrawn <laughs> is that that catalyst to our freedom that we need to we need to we need to sac we need to sacrifice Thrawn to the Disney gods to get a new galaxy and a fresh start. Well, he has to be sacrificed, but yeah. only after he resurrects the Empire as the First Order. He he reinstates their benefits. Yep. And all their gym memberships, and they're all happy. So our our key takeaways from the sequels is that they were mishandled, um, but there were still some great things, including Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Uh, Ray was a good character who is misinterpreted a little bit, and Finn got done dirty. Um, and that's yeah. that's about where we're at, and that's a uh, that's gonna do it for the episode, folks. Um, it's been the Archives Podcast. Shout out to Van Seal for hopping on and joining us. And that is our deep dive into the sequels. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up at Star Wars TAP. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. And with that all being said, it's been your boy Sotico, Van Seal, and we will catch you all later, alligator. Peace, love, and life. May the Force be with you always. Always.